welcome to couch potato. What the flip is happening, ladies and gentle ladies? It's the return of the one, the only. It's your boy. It's Morgan Freeman. Back with episode number five, Couch Potato. Here to bring you some more just life-changing material (laughs) on this. It is the 3rd of July, 2020, the year the world fell apart and somehow still hangs on. As you can tell, my sanity has also left me. Um, but we keep going, you know, this podcast is in high demand. I think we have a grand total of two or three people who listen. So, you know, can't let down the crowds, you know, the fans, can't let down the fans. Link to my only fans still in the bio, of course. Um, on this episode, like I, I, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if this would be more as like event as opposed to like a podcast in the traditional sense, but you know what? So many people do podcasts these days that most of the times whenever I do do an episode, it is legitimately just a vent for all the shit that is in my head, which is quite a lot. So on this episode, I wanted to cover a couple of topics that um, I think are relevant, important. At least in my own mind, um, my podcast. So I'm going to cover them. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health, at least in, at least sort of where, where I'm from, which is the jolly green country that is, and um, I quite fancy talking about the curious case of Kim Kardashian as well, and just kind of wanted to give. A perspective on everything that she is and why why it is such a mess. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think um, the the reason why I wanted to talk about mental health is I still to this day get a lot of people asking me about you know sort of my experiences with it I guess because of things that I've spoke about before in relation to having eating disorders and whatever and struggling with things like anxiety and depression and yada yada blada blada um and uh not that I proclaim to be any form of expert in it but I do tend to do I do tend to do well there we go at least I'm not an expert in English I do um I do my research before I, I talk about things and you know I don't think that makes me any more valid than anyone else on the internet but whatever it's better than just get my you know what's it out and just wimmelling around saying listen to me in my opinion um so yeah so mental health and particularly mental health in in Ireland I think um obviously we're a couple of decades behind everyone else I think we've just legalized gay marriage and abortions very recently 
Um, and I think there's some parts of the country that are scheduled to get Wi-Fi by the year 2030. So looking forward to that, maybe even get running water in some parts of the country as well. Um, but as far as the conversation around mental health goes, I think we're a couple of centuries away from that being open discussion. Um, and I think that is sort of primarily to do with us as a culture. Now, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, the culture, it's like sort of popular culture itself doesn't really support mental health in, in relation to men's mental health or mental health in, in general. Um, but I think even more so in, in the UK and, and particularly Ireland, male mental health is almost the butt of jokes <laughs> uh, and very much seen as like a, a you don't talk about that sort of thing. And um, good luck to you trying to find someone that can actually help you with that if you, if you are struggling because it is not... Uh, pickings are slim, we'll put it that way. But the uh, the figures themselves are quite quite staggering, you know, especially as it relates to how men perceive themselves in terms of their body and 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 also sort of their their mental health, you know, um, and that's that's relevant because we are one of the worst countries in terms of the the number of suicides um per i don't know per whatever amount of people um and i think it's something like our men are three times more likely than our women to commit suicide and that's <laughs> you know You talk about keeping it under wraps until the wheels fall off. I mean, the, <laughs> the wheels aren't going to fall off too much more spectacularly than that. And I, I don't really know anyone who's not experienced it in some way, shape, or form. You know, whether it be a family member or whether they know someone who's who's done it or a family member who's done it. Like I, I know a couple of people who have had it in their life. Um, someone I used to play sports with. I know close family member went through it and well not went through it but they ultimately chose to do it but it's um it's a difficult subject to breach not just in this day and age where you're almost afraid of the backlash of it but just our culture itself and this whole manly man kind of bravado bullshit that quite frankly is just doesn't really make sense to me um i think it takes someone it takes a lot more bravery i guess to talk about these things openly than it does to shun away from them and and give the old okay no i'm grand kind of response which is just fucking hell how unhelpful is that? But yeah, I mean, I've so I've I've done the research into this, right? And um, you know, it's fairly commonplace to know that higher body dissatisfaction 
is associated with a poor quality of life, um, psychological distress, and a greater risk of unhealthy eating behaviors and eating disorders, with eating disorders being one of the primary risk factors for suicidality, I think is kind of what they call it. Uh, and when you look at the figures, okay, so we've got 13% of adults admit to having experienced suicidal thoughts or feelings because of their body image, right? One in three males in Ireland have voluntarily reported feeling inadequate because of how they look. Only 2% of men in Ireland are satisfied with how they look. Now, balance all that into an equation. Nothing quite throws off the rhythm of an important podcast subject, like the sound of your dog barking at its own farts. But anyway, I try to continue. Um, so what I was trying to say, when you throw all that into the equation, okay, men of a very a small, very small percentage of men are satisfied with how they look. Um, 13% of adults in total have tended to have some form of suicidal thought, and men are three times more likely at least in Northern Ireland, to commit suicide. Why are we still not having the conversation? Like, that's crazy to me. I think it's something like... It's like 18 men a week kill themselves here. And for what? Because, like, and this is the... This is the biggest joke of them all. And this is what you often hear. And it's it's like a... I hate the word to describe it in this sense. But there's, there's a general consensus amongst men that it is gay to talk about your feelings. It is gay. Homosexual. Gay. To talk about your feelings. Like, that's just... I'm no social justice warrior or any of that kind of bullshit. Like... I believe everyone deserves equality and if they're not hurting you, you shouldn't have an opinion on how they live their lives. But to say that expressing your emotions, especially when you're in a very dark place, is gay, like it is insanely brave to actually, you know, identify and, and be openly homosexual in this day and age. Especially given that we still have quite a number of archaic, sort of archaically minded folks who will, for the love of God, say that it is anti-Christian or something. I don't know why I said for the love of God, it seems quite hypocritical. Um, but it's just, it, it baffles me. And like, even in this country, it was, it was what was it, like one of the DUP councillors said the, the reason why coronavirus is kicking about is because we we allowed for same-sex marriages which just goes to show you what kind of fucking attitude we have towards it in this country but you know that's that's me going off on a tangent if if i could improve one thing about this country aside from getting the religion out of politics which is just fucking retarded um it would be that people felt comfortable enough to talk about their mental health 
and this is not just men I'm talking about, but women, it's just, for men, the issue seems to be, ultimately, there appears to be a more severe end point, <laughs> which is that there won't be here anymore. Um, so if we can embrace that conversation and encourage men to talk, if there's a forum that would allow men to talk, if there was more... I don't know if there was if there was some kind of system in place that that allowed men to seek out help when they needed it or, or have someone that they could talk to if there was a support network in place or something just fucking something because it's it's 2020 I mean we're we're living through a global pandemic and people are still committing suicide because they they don't have anyone to talk to it's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to really convey what to do on that because it would require changing the entire culture of Northern Ireland, which in of itself is a very, like... And it's not just the men who are like this, but also some of the women who are very sort of reserved in their emotion. They're afraid to tell you what they're feeling. You know, for some sort of, I don't know why. <laughs> Quite frankly, I have no idea. Um, I find it all a bit daft. I think, for me, like I, like, very openly, like I've I've had my issues and I, and I had to go to therapy. And it was one of the best things I've ever done because it helped me work through these things, which I have just negated and buried for so long. And and it helped me kind of look towards this next step in my life, which before that was always running from one distraction to the next and never really feeling here. If that makes, it doesn't really make sense, but you know, whenever those distractions run out, you've all you've got is yourself and all you've got is your mind. And that's a, that's a scary place to be in for someone who struggles with their mental health. So I can only imagine what other people are going through because I know how hard it was for me. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm not an expert in it and I don't know what we would do particularly, but I would just love to have the conversation and I would I would openly say to any male listeners or female listeners, like just if you want to talk about it, just fucking reach out. I'll send you a video of a dog at the bare minimum. <laughs> um, yeah, fucking weird time. Lots of swear words today. Probably doesn't help because my dog hasn't stopped barking all day and I'm a bit caffeine deprived and I'm hungry. I haven't been this hungry in so, so long. I'm just constantly hungry. I think I've got worms. Um, I need to go down to the vet and get my shot. Uh, yeah. I wish I would probably bring someone else on who's more of an expert to talk about this than me, but I just I just felt like I wanted to talk about it a bit today. So fuck it. My podcast. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, um, kind of the next thing I wanted to, to talk about was uh, <laughs> the uh, the curious case of Kim Kardashian, as I've coined it, which to me is not so much about Kim herself, our Kim. Um, I, quite frankly, I don't give a, a two fucks about what she wants to do in her spare time or what she wants to promote or how she wants to act. I, I don't really care. Um, 
but when I look at it, kind of like if I take a step back and just look at her, like she is the quintessential human manifestation of social media. And as much as it pains people to hear this, she is the monster that we've created, essentially. Be that, you know, and, and you kind of have to look at it from all different factors, right? And this is kind of a similar sentiment I had about Gemma Collins as well, was that, but probably on a much grander scale. When you look at Kim as a person, take away all her followers, who would she be then? Take away all her fame. And you were just to look at all her behaviours and what she'd done before, you would see her as a very broken person. She's someone who is extremely critical of how she looks herself. You don't have to look any further than the fact that she um, contours her armpits. Whatever the fuck that means. And uh, photoshops her feet. Like, who, who is so insecure that they need to photoshop their fucking feet to look better to look better feet don't look good what like their feet but this is the level of insecurity that she has and she goes from diet to diet to diet she everything is seem seemingly sort of extreme she exercises probably excessively like she is all the telltale sort of symptoms of someone who is extremely, you know, unhappy with how they look probably has some sort of orthorexia. Now I can imagine she's probably struggled with anorexia behaviors, probably bulimia at some stage, definitely some form of disordered eating on a continual basis. You know, she's a cyclical dieter. And, and oh God knows how she even sees her body. I mean, I'm pretty sure she had reconstructive surgery on her hips, you know, to make herself look more hourglass or whatever. And now she just looks like a fucking cartoon character. Don't even get me started on her lips, which I have no idea why, but seems to have turned into some kind of like popular sort of treatment where women get whatever in their lips and it looks like they've just sucked a hoover for half an hour. But it's permanent, and I'm like, Jesus, wept. Um, not a good look, by the way, guys. <laughs> really not a good look. Not strong. Um, but yeah, it's just... And I do feel... Like, I would feel more sorry for her. Because she is... I don't know how you could help her, really. Because she's so warped at this stage. She's gone through... Like, she's... Every shitty thing that the health and wellness industry has, has been thrown at her, right? And and it's got to the stage now where she's kind of become a spokesperson for the shit side of that industry as well, which generally speaking, the wealth and shitness industry is terrible. Um, and health and fitness have kind of taken a back seat in that. <laughs> but like even, I mean, what was, what was she promoting? Diet lollipops, the fuck? And and what was the other one? Flat Tummy something, Flat Tummy Company, Flat Tummy Co. Not too long ago. And uh, of course we get both sides of the uh, of, uh, of the internet 
you have one side that's like, okay, where can I get these? This is so cool. You're amazing. You're a role model. Woo. And then the other side is like, hey, fuck you, Kim. You shouldn't be doing this, you bastard poophead. And like, no one's actually offering her the middle ground, which is, hey, Kim, maybe we can kind of show you why these don't work, but then we can maybe help you put out the information that might help these women so there's not more generations of women who struggle with their body image and, and their relationship with food and themselves and all these kind of things and are not held to what is an extremely unrealistic beauty standard which has only been manufactured by editing images and, and certainly invasive surgery on your body to look to and to be quite frank and and Maybe it's just my opinion, but I I don't really find her attractive. Like I, I would be fairly indifferent to her if I if I came across her on Tinder or whatever. I would just be like, looks a bit annoying to be honest. I'll just swipe whatever way is a no, was it left or right? Fuck knows. Um. But uh, in the same sense, like I said, I do feel sorry for her because she is the manifestation of everything that we've created. And, or not that we've created, but we've created that monster. She's the manifestation of all the bad parts of social media. The parts that prey on people's insecurities, the parts that sort of push certain agendas and, and push a certain standard. And, you know, that sort of unrealistic life, which is, it's it's looks fairy tale in a certain certain way but in other ways it looks like a nightmare to be constantly under scrutiny to be constantly with a camera in your face you know having every single inch of your body scrutinized all the time to the point where like like i said you're contouring your armpits and photoshopping your feet and it's it's really hard like how do we because we've created that right She's nothing without a platform, without an audience. And who's the audience? It's us, at the end of the day. Like, we're the one who consumes the material she puts out there. And it's the same with any other influencer. It's like, we want to attack them, and we want to berate them, and we want to criticize them, and we want to do all these things, or else we want to celebrate them, and, and you've got the opposite side of that. But we're ultimately the ones who give them the platform. Like... Celebrities are only celebrities because they're popular for the general public. The same way influencers only become influencers because they are popular and they can market and they can advertise and they stop being... They're almost inhuman in a way because they become a marketing vehicle. I mean, if anyone could tell me what Kim Kardashian's favourite colour is or what she likes to do in her spare time, probably not, but you could probably tell me where I could buy her fucking perfume. And all that kind of shit. Like, <laughs> she's just an advertisement. So she is, and that's quite sad. That's quite a sad existence, really. And I've been trying to, like... I think she's probably the worst... The worst of the worst when it comes to that sort of manifestation of, of all the sort of the... the terrible parts of social media. And I, I honest, for the life of me, I can't think of a male counterpart who's close um i mean there's there's plenty of guys out there who have sold their soul so to speak but 
there's none that could quite have topped it as, as much as she have, unfortunately. And and again, I don't think any sort of male have or males have undergone the same level of of um, scrutiny towards their physique that, that she has. I do feel sorry for her. But in the same sense, she has married Kanye West, so he's a fucking legend. <laughs> Gotta take the good with the bad. With the bad with the good. Yeah. Shout out to Caitlin. <laughs> oh dear. Don't even know what point I was trying to make there. <laughs> I'm just going to title this one Roundlings of a Madman. Oh my god, I need caffeine and food. Probably food. I need something to do. Like, see, sometimes when you just work, 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 and you've not really had time away from work, you just go a little bit like Fruit Loopy. <sighs> Somebody text me about gin and tonic, please. <laughs> uh, Grant, so we're at the 25 minute mark. I have contributed absolutely nothing worth of value so far amazing um so i figured that i might as well try and contribute something that is of some kind of intellectual value or a takeaway that people can actually use in, in sort of practical application <laughs> uh, that might be at least worth putting yourself through the first 25 minutes of this absolute madman rant um and one of the things i think people find most value from initially when working with me is how i shift their perspective on healthy and unhealthy and so i'm going to kind of talk a little bit about that very briefly and just little things that you can use to sort of take away and, and kind of apply yourself because it's not complicated it's just a different way of thinking and so one of the um, one of the narratives I really like to challenge with people is their interpretation of what is healthy. And of course, everyone will say, okay, fruit, veg, blah, 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 blah. And then I ask them what is unhealthy, and then they'll be like, oh, crisps, blah, pizza, blah, chocolate, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm like, cool, right, whatever. That's sort of the general spiel. That's what we see in the magazines. What we've been told after years and years and years and years and years of this sort of perpetual dieting I hate the word diet culture but it almost is kind of in of itself dieting is an industry within an industry um, that is the that is the general sort of status quo of things right but when you ask people sort of what is define that for me why is that healthier than another thing then they kind of look at you like well it just it just is is it not like, well, okay. And this is probably the piece of information that you can take away from this half an hour worth of lunacy. Um, when you're looking at the healthiness of something, I would say that all foods are healthy. All foods are good food. There are no inherently bad foods. Foods have no morality attached to them. They're just food. So why not just describe all foods as healthy? And health in of itself is contextual to its use uh, within diet. A food is healthy depending on how it is how it is used in your diet, is essentially what I'm trying to say. 
And you're probably thinking, Jamie, what in the fuck are you talking about? Okay, riddle me this, right? If I have a chocolate bar, right? I have a chocolate bar that is X amount of calories that fits within the grand scheme of my diet that day. I can fit it in. It won't put me over my calories or whatever my target essentially is. And it'll help me contribute in some way to my other nutrient goals. It, it's essentially, it's not, it's not taking away from what I want to do, right? From a physiological perspective. That's the physiology of it. The psychology element is where the healthiness comes into play. So I'm having a really shit day or just like a normal day. And I just, chocolate is a nice little outlet of emotion for me. It's kind of like when you loosen the tap and just kind of let a bit of steam out and it's just like, needed that sort of thing, right? Not that I overly sort of advocate using foods to that degree, but to a certain extent, people tend to do this anyway. And I, I don't see it as an unhealthy behavior. In fact, I think if food doesn't make you feel good at times, then you might possibly be dead inside. Anyway, uh, so you have a chocolate bar. A chocolate bar that fits all these sort of things. And uh, you have it maybe in around mid-afternoon say you've just come out of a big meeting very stressful you're you're like oh my god how am I going to get all this done you need something to kind of provide an outlet of emotion for just to kind of take you away from that sort of negativity that for a second right so you have the chocolate bar and instantly the rest of your day seems a lot more manageable you know if you had cravings before, the cravings are gone. We often get cravings for certain foods when, when we are stressed or tired or certainly when we're under the influence of alcohol or drugs or other things. Um, even with women, women tend to get cravings for chocolate in around their, their menstrual... What am I trying to say? Or in menst... My God. Period week. There we go. <laughs> Fuck me. Can't even get the other word out. Um... And that's actually cultural as well. Western society, we tend to, women tend to um, crave chocolate, and then and, uh, uh, over in the Eastern societies, they actually tend to have more of a, a savory craving most of the time, which is interesting fact if you're a fucking virgin like me. Um. So yeah, so you have the chocolate bar. Now, in the grand context of things, you might have someone in the office going like, "Oh, that's unhealthy." You're like, oh, whatever, suck my ass, Jeff. And then you're like, okay, well, then later on the day, you were super stressed at work, you come home, the stress isn't there anymore, right? So there's no there's no need to seek out further emotional uh, sort of venting or, 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 or further sort of outlet of emotion from food itself. If food is, is your outlet for emotion in that, in that way, other people, it would be drugs, other people, it could be something less harmless, like video gaming, although that even that depends on what you're sort of doing. Um, it could be sex, if you know you have a social life, which <laughs> I don't, or whatever, one of those kind of things. So you have the chocolate bar. Later on that night, there's no, there's no urge or cravings. There's no, there's no binge. It doesn't happen. There's no binge because you're not craving those things. But if you adhere to societal constructs around what is healthy and what is unhealthy you will 
restrict yourself from having that chocolate bar after the meeting and then that'll push those cravings on till later on the day when you can control them less and ultimately the cravings will have grown um, into the point where you might actually binge and binges can then become cyclical so that binge will extend into the next night and the next night and the next night and before you know it you've got a really fucked up relationship with food and yourself and you feel like an absolute duty head and it's all because you just didn't have that one chocolate bar which wouldn't have done a damn thing not short term not long term at least from a physiology perspective but from a psychology perspective it could have saved you from a lot worse and arguably made you feel better in the moment too so if that's the one useful takeaway from this podcast it would be health is contextual kim kardashian some kind of robot and men should talk more about mental health and i am going to round off this podcast just now because i'm really hungry my stomach is about to rumble my dog who is called chase she is a rescue dog she's about 16 years old she's very very old <laughs> she's like a she's got like anxiety and all kinds of shit like she's she's essentially just me but I'm worried she's going to start barking again at any second and bark at her farts. And also the ice cream man came around not too long ago. So I'm just... Before a fucking meteor falls out of the sky and blows up the house, I want to finish the podcast and I'm going to finish it on a nice note, which is the healthy, unhealthy context and an actual helpful little bit of information for people. And... Yeah. I mean, I'll say it like I say every time. I appreciate everyone who listens. It, It honestly means a lot to me because I usually have to go through the introduction to these things about a million times because uh, they are so weird to do um, and quite honestly a half an hour podcast can take me about three hours <laughs> um, and even then I won't be happy with it so I appreciate people who stick by it I appreciate those who listen and those who give feedback and, and especially those who actually share it with their friends and stuff that means an awful lot to me and um yeah i hope you all have a very good weekend i hope you all keep washing your hands using that full body sanitizer and um i don't know enjoy the pubs opening this weekend go bump elbows with people have a couple of drinks for the 90 minutes you're allowed to and um yeah stay safe guys and uh never know how to finish these so i'll just i I guess i'll just start saying bone apple teeth at the end of every podcast. I will just round it off then. Bone apple teeth.